Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast, and we get rolling a game to actually talk about, and we'll start to look forward to the SEC slate. Support of your Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below-developed grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tape. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools to get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. Com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code locked on and free shipping. Let me just start big picture with Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. What did you think of the Gators as it looked like both teams were trying their best to give that game away late? Well, it was certainly a sloppy performance. Um, as expected, we talked about it. Um, the 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 defensive fronts had a distinct advantage in this game over the offensive lines. And that certainly of the group, Miami's was worse, you know, really struggled against uh, to protect against um, Florida's defensive front. Um, I thought both defenses made some big, while they made some big plays, <clears throat> they gave up a ton of, you know, a, a negative plays in terms of mistakes. Well, it was really a sloppy game. I thought Florida did a poor job, um, you know, making uh, mental errors. I mean, it just made a bunch of mental errors in coverage, tackling guys, hitting guys out of bounds late, uh, helping to extend drives. I mean, it was, you know, turnovers. Um, guys, I mean, they had – Florida had um, fumbled twice in the first half, once inside Miami's 10. So it was really a, a sloppy performance. It was interesting in that the game was in doubt. Miami made a really good chance. Uh, I thought that Miami did a nice job with a game plan coming in that put Jaron Williams at ease, uh, and it allowed them to have some success and really did a nice job against Florida's defense early. I thought Florida, Todd Granham, he made some good in-game adjustments, kind of changed their um, their front a little bit in terms of where the pressures were coming from and did a good job uh, getting a little bit tighter in coverage. Um, they never did cover the tight end Brevin Jordan well the entire night, but I thought they made some adjustments to kind of slow down Miami and mainly with the pressure uh, to get in the face of Jaron Williams. It caused them a lot of problems. So um, in an overview, you know, the one thing I would say is this is the thing that that's the theme, of course, of, of the weekend of yesterday is every fan <clears throat> will create their opinion of what every team is based upon what they saw in that that first game and in, in, in whatever the game may be. And you couldn't be more wrong on that because nobody stays the same. You either get better or you get worse. So what I look at, for both teams, is that while it was ugly and a lot of performance issues, I saw both teams compete hard. Don't underestimate that. Sometimes teams are lazy. Sometimes teams are just um, completely out of sorts to where you'd say, uh-oh, there's a real problem. When you have over-aggressive and just maybe some, some dumb mistakes, those can be corrected. And those things can change around your fortunes um, a lot better than you might think. So for people who say, well, you know, Florida will lose four games if they play like that. Well, sure, they won't play like that. They'll, they'll play differently. Now, they may play worse. I mean, you know, who knows in certain situations. 
But don't don't think you've got it figured out because you never do. It's an evolving process. Now, I would say this for Florida. Um, I, I do think they have playmakers on offense. There's no doubt. Kadarius Tony is he had he made he forced four missed tackles in this game. Um, he is just unbelievable, and he is going to be a great player for them this year. I think offensively uh, against good defenses, which they faced an athletic defense this week, is is going to have some problems. I think that they'll get a little bit better on offense. I thought Franks was a mixed bag. I mean, I thought he. Look, he, he had a lot of negative plays, some bad throws. It's kind of what he is. He's not a great passer, but then he'll come back with some written or in a consistently great passer. Um, he came back, you know, with some really good plays and, and, and really stepped up in the pivotal moments. And you know what? <clears throat> That's a little bit of what Dan has done with him. He's camouflaged. You know, some of the weaknesses get the ball out of his hands quickly. But there are going to be times where, you know, they're going to have to work the ball downfield. And fitting it into tight spots, he's going to overthrow guys. I mean, he's going to throw it over the wrong shoulder. He's not all that accurate. But he has gotten – he's built enough confidence in Felipe that he can put bad plays behind him. And and you saw him make plays that were pivotal – to, for Miami to win the game. So, listen, I mean, it's one of those things as a coach. It's probably the best situation you can have if you're Miami in that you can, with a win against, you know, a good opponent, you can go into the film session and, and just rip those guys, rip your guys and and get their attention of and for, for correctable mistakes and, and get them to start working on things that are going to get you beat, you know, uh, significantly in the SEC, so through the course of a week in and week out. So I think it's, look, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the best of both worlds in, in a couple of areas, uh, Dave, and that you, you get a win and then you've got a chance to really teach where I think players understand coming out of that game, they didn't play very well at all. And, and they, I think, felt very fortunate to win the game because, quite frankly, um, if, if – if my, if Florida had played a cleaner game, they would have won and likely would have won going away. By the same token, if Miami had played a little cleaner, um, they would have capitalized on Florida mistakes and, and sent Florida home with a loss. Yeah. Well, but and for those that uh, had the under, maybe yours truly, <laughs> um, it was pretty close there. The under was 46, and, um, I, you know, I know a lot of people were on the edge of their seat in terms of that. that. So uh, stay tuned. Well, I want to ask you another question about Dan Mullen and his Florida Gators after this. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. More after this. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on the SEC football podcast. I want to stick with that Florida-Miami game, the one SEC game over the weekend. And, uh, then throughout the week, we're going to preview uh, the big week one um, uh, slate of games that's uh, coming up. 
I think the one thing, and you you mentioned this, the sloppy play that stood out to me is um, I, I thought it was incredibly sloppy. I was pretty taken aback. Um, but, you know, I haven't watched nearly as much Mississippi State as I'm sure you have. I'm mostly focused on, on the East until we started doing this podcast. So I've seen a lot of Dan Mullins teams, but not as much as you. Now, there was also a suspension going into that game. If I'm a Florida fan right now, both on and off the field, am I concerned about discipline with Dan Mullen? Do you think that's that's something that crosses your mind? Well, I, I, I think that's going to be reaction. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. However, I will say this. Let's look at the big picture. Um, and, and you can look at it, some inherited, some moves that they've made, recruiting different types of players. Let's look at the overall, again, sloppy play in the game. Some things would definitely point to, hey, boy, that's a discipline issue. I, I think you gotta you got to see now how you correct it going forward on the field. If you throw in that performance and you throw in some of the – I don't know that you call it like a discipline when you have a lot of transfers, a lot of issues off the field. I mean, you know where I'm going with it. There's a consistency there. I think, you know, there it's fair to say that when you have issues off the field, when you have a lot of movement shuffling in and out, which is part of what the transfer portal is, and we got we got a. a uh, a few of those this weekend when people who lost out for quarterback jobs. I mean, it's interesting how that played out. Mississippi State <laughs> uh, is 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 a, is one of them. Washington, a couple of the guys that, uh, that 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 are leaving it when they didn't win the job. I think you have situations at Florida where you had a lot of changeovers and a lot of movements and a lot of discipline issues. And so, I mean, I, I think it's fair to question some of the discipline play as a program. I think they've had issues, uh, maybe a little bit more than others, but when you start to break it down, not all that uncommon. I think that's a that's a good question, but I don't know that I would say I'd be worried yet. I would say that I would be focused on how much improvement they're going to make in those areas because I think it's I, – listen, I think it's an absolutely fair thing to bring up because it didn't play with a lot of discipline. The other thing I'm going to mention, when you look at Todd Grantham's defense, Todd Grantham is an outstanding schematic defensive coordinator. He throws a lot of different things at you. He's hyper-aggressive personality-wise, and his team plays that way. But his teams are very often, with that aggressiveness, become unsound in their technique. They get out of position a little more than you'd like. And so part of that, while you can clean up a lot of that, I mean, you know, like, for example, when you teach attack, finish, 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 go after, and then and then you, you hit a guy one yard out of bounds, is that a byproduct of just being dumb? Or is it a byproduct of, you're focused on finishing, 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 and you just went a little bit too far, you went over the line, then you cost yourself 15 yards. That's where I think sometimes 
that focus of hyper-aggressiveness can kind of get you into a, boy, that's a lack of discipline. That's a lack of discipline. I mean, you know, how about the fact that it's third and, what, 13? and or, or, I'm sorry, maybe third and 19? And there's a deep ball. There's only one rock to be thrown. And you tackle the guy before the ball's in the air? I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, you got to – you can't that 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 is that's not hyper aggressive. That's stupid. That's just dumb play. That's panic in the moment. So that stuff has to be cleaned up. So I, I think there is some fair questions about the discipline, but I think it's more about guys. Look, this is what we got to clean up. Let's remind everybody though. There are a lot of mistakes that are made in early season games. I focused on that in a lot of my platforms this past week. Because, you know, getting in preparation for, for first games this weekend and, of course, this, this past week, you know, a lot of mistakes. They're going to be, like, like heightened. They're going to come to the surface more, Dave, when you play a decent opponent. You play a weak opponent, sometimes you have the same amount of mental mistakes. Maybe not the ones that are as egregious, hitting out of bounds or tackling a guy while the ball is in the air before, before it gets there and getting an interference that's so obvious. But, but uh, there's usually a lot of mistakes, but it gets covered up a little bit more when you win a game by, by 25 points against a weaker opponent in a game that, again, everybody thought, right, I wasn't one of them, well, Florida's going to blow out Miami. You know, I don't know that Florida is a blowout type of team unless it's a weak opponent. I don't know that their offense, uh, unless it's against a very weak defense, is going to blow people out. If you look at that offense last year, even with their skill, they didn't, the quarterback, Felipe Franks, did not play well against good defenses last year. The numbers weren't very good, but they're able to stay in it defensively. They beat an LSU at home. I mean, they blow out Michigan. I'll bet Michigan had a ton of guys that set out the, the bowl game that were going out early. Bottom line is they still won it. All of a sudden, unless you've got unusual circumstances and you know, for the most part, they didn't play all that well offensively against good defenses. I I think that while there's a lot of playmakers, you know, I think the offense will be limited, you know, and, and is unlikely to blow out pretty good defensive personnel, which, quite frankly, Miami has pretty good personnel, great linebackers, and pretty good defensive personnel overall. Do you believe, uh, real quick before we get to uh, Tennessee arrest, do you believe that discipline on the field and off field go hand in hand or are those two separate things no they do um there's some guys that are just little they play on they live on the edge playing you know that those are you know it really depends if you don't do what you're supposed to do you know if you i'm just talking about little things you know or what other people think or perceive as little things if you're late for meetings if you're if you're undisciplined in your practice, you know, you, you, you take shortcuts in your, your conditioning and your workouts. Well, then, you know, if you play, you know, technique that's not real disciplined or correct when you're up by 30 or down by 30, you ingrain bad habits. Okay, so all of a sudden if you – you, 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 and I know you're talking about, okay, well, you, you do something off the field, too, that's not real discipline. Well, if you make bad decisions off the field, 
yeah, you, you very often make bad decisions on the field. They're different situations. Miami, speaking of a program, who, you know, they were called, you know, the U by their fan base, but by everyone else it was called Thug U because they had more problems at Miami off the field and they weren't they weren't very disciplined in what they did off the field and they were kind of out of control off the field, but they played like hell on the field. And I'm talking about the particularly the Jimmy Johnson, you know, group that was that was as good of a bad, you know, um they weren't very disciplined off the field. But you know what? They played hard, and they were so dominant. And they didn't show a lot of, you know, maybe sportsmanship and things. So th- there is a separation, but there's a lot of um, there are a lot of symmetry there. It, it, if you just are kind of a, an aggressive approach and maybe just kind of, you know, you do what you want to do, but on the field you play like heck and you, and you do a great job, then – yeah, you can get away with it, but I do think there's a correlation, and there's no doubt in my mind. A couple of, of arrests at uh, some big-time programs in the East and also the latest on Arkansas's quarterback situation. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. Rolls on after this. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. Now, I saw this uh, situation. I saw the headline at Tennessee, and I thought to myself, well, there goes Bryce Thompson for an extended period of time. He was uh, arrested over allegedly uh, verbal assault, and there is a difference, but you can be arrested for verbal assault, and after... He, uh, his girlfriend had supposedly found eyelashes from another woman in his apartment. Uh, he said he's going to slap the bleep out of you, according to reports. Uh, he's going to shoot up the school. And um, he was a freshman All-American last year. He was going to play a big role for them, one of their bright young players under Jeremy Pruitt. So, I, I, I'm not excusing anything he did. All right, But it is not as bad as an actual physical uh, confrontation, uh, but it is going to be um, handled by the legal system. So this is a little bit of a gray area. How do you handle this if you're a coach? Well, you you got to get. The, I mean, those are, are details, and and I, I kind of uh, detailed what it is known, uh, what's known on it on LandryFootball.com in our notebooks. But I think you got to sit down. You got to have, you know, you have a relationship with the kid. So you know going in, is this kind of a normal behavior for him? Is is he, you know, hot-tempered, we used to call it, or just, you know, quick-triggered? Um, you got to have conversations with him on what happened. Uh, again, as you said, let the process play out. And then, you know, your way back on this team is – Based upon doing the right thing, uh, first of all, getting it's cleared, you've got to go through that process to get cleared. And then the trust level that, that you're going to have based upon your knowledge of the kid and the background with the kid. 
I think there's discipline that needs to take place because if you don't, then what you're creating is a culture of, hey, really, if you do the wrong thing, if you don't show great discipline, you don't do the right thing off the field, um, you, you cut corners, whatever the case may be. If you're talented enough, it's okay. You know, it'll be excuse. That's the message you send. Whereas, you know, if you do things in today, there's nothing you do in private. Everything is known. Everybody that you deal with has a camera with them. Okay, it's just the and, and has an, an immediate access to let everybody know just what happened a half an hour ago if they choose to do it. So. You know, it's hard to say for me to say without knowing the young man personally and not coaching him, you know, what I would do. But, you know, there would be discipline involved and, you know, what you hope. And I know there's the cynicism that says, oh, boy, you want to get a guy back because he's talented. You do. Of course you do. Your job's at stake with that. Would you also try to save guys? And what I mean by that is, there are a lot of these guys, just a reality. There's a direct correlation between really good ball players that come up from neighborhoods or come up with an attitude of where they get away. They're entitled even in high school, and their kind of excuses are made for them. I think you gotta you got to begin to start to teach these guys that, look, here's your future here. Here's what you can accomplish here. Here's what you can accomplish beyond XYZ school, in this case, Tennessee. But here's where you're headed if you don't make good decisions. And I, and I think that it's important to try to work with guys to give them opportunities, to give them a second chance, to give them a, a, a learning experience that, look, this is what's going to happen to you if you make those decisions. You're going to lose a job, you know, if you get involved in something perhaps, you know, off the field we're near in a in a in an everyday business because you're no longer special to where people are gonna you know gonna gonna put up with that. So I you know listen, my hope is that uh, he can figure it out. As you mentioned, it's not a physical situation. It's it's certainly you don't want to put a hands on someone, but maybe quick tempered. I think there are other things you can do to help. There's a lot of counseling that can help people deal with their emotions and their quick triggers and all those type of things. So, yeah, listen, I, I, I'm hopeful that things can get better with the young man. He's too talented of a guy, um, and he's got too good of a future to let being, quote-unquote, a hothead or whatever the case may be, whatever problems he's dealing with, to get the best of him. Another arrest at Georgia, and it's defensive end Bill Norton. Now, he's a freshman. He was not going to play. Started for driving – under the influence, failure to maintain lane, improper driving, and minor and possession of alcohol. I just, listen, I've been a dumb kid, Chris. We all have at one point or another. But I see kids that come in and they start their college career like that, and it just seems like they're perpetually in the doghouse. Now, that may not happen with Norton, but it's not a good start to his career. Sure, there's frustration. He wasn't playing as much as he thought he would or wasn't going to play as much as he thought he would, but you've just got to be smarter than that. I've been on Athens campus. You can walk everywhere you need to go. Um, I'm not trying to be judgmental at all because we've all made 
stupid mistakes, especially at 18 and 19 years old. But uh, he, he needs to make sure this isn't a pattern like now. Well, it's up to him. And as I always tell him, that's what I always tell him, but it's up to you. I mean, you, you control your future. We're, we're going to give you a path to success here. We're going to teach you, you know, obviously what you can and can't do. But, you know, if if you don't take care of your business, then, you know, it's all for naught. So, look, it, it is you, – you can get frustrated, but it's about decision-making. Um. We know guys like to have a few drinks or whatever. Nothing illegal with that. But what is illegal is to get behind a wheel and get stopped. It's decisions. Is it that important to you that you're going to risk that? Decisions. If you make bad decisions off the field, you probably make some bad decisions in your preparation. You know, it's not, well, you should always be in the book studying. Well, I, you know, that was me, and I was into into to football maybe a lot more than a lot of these kids. Uh, there, there are downtimes. You could have somebody that really is into football and studies football but still wants to have their free time to kind of clear their head or what have you. It's, 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 you're very busy, but it's decisions. It, you can put yourself in tough predicaments. It's decisions. It's about making the right decisions. And if you don't make good decisions, you're not going to be successful. So here's a learning opportunity. Hey, guess what? You know, you can recover from this. This doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't ruin your career. It certainly sends a message. But what it does, it does put a little bit of a stain by your name. It does say, okay, let's watch old Bill here and see where he is. And, you know, if, if you don't. Handle your business, and like you said, if it becomes a pattern, well, then you got a problem. Then what's his problem? He's got perpetu- He's a perpetually bad decision maker. Uh, does he have some o- other sort of problem? You know, you can you can work your way out of being a five star, a four star, or whatever star, and become an also ran that is no longer on campus, trying to figure out where his life's going to be. Or you can make some good decisions. And if those decisions to do foolish things are more important than what you need to focus on in your school and your football, then you know what? You're probably not going to be real successful. So it is time to grow up. It is not a time to say you made one mistake, you're gone. It's a time to learn from it because, you know, you can look back at this in five years and say, hey, it's a learning experience. Let's remind folks. Even somebody like Eli Manning got a DUI at Ole Miss. I don't know if people remember that. Made some really bad decisions. Young guy, immature. That certainly was not how he was raised. That certainly, you know, not how his older brother. Older brother wasn't a choir boy. Peyton wasn't a choir boy. But, but he understood. But you know what? He figured it out and obviously had good upbringing to do it. I mean, you can't have better upbringing than Archie and Olivia. So you're listening to one of a lot of these guys that doesn't have nearly the type of upbringing. You can make the bad decisions. But what are you going to do about it now? So, I, listen, it's a learning experience, and it's an embarrassing one. Hopefully, as a result of that, he won't put himself in that situation again. I would think if I'm a coach, I would like to have my quarterback situation settled by now. Uh, that is not currently the case at Arkansas, at least publicly. What do you make of that? Well, I, I don't think anybody, you know, I think they've worked. Uh, Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks 
uh, a lot. I would suspect both are going to play a lot this week against Portland State. And I, what I make of it is kind of what we talked about last week is you can make a quarterback decision. It's pretty easy to do, quite frankly. It's not that difficult if the quarterback earns the job. If there's somebody that separates himself, it's not a tough decision. It's when you don't have the separation, and I think that's what's going on right now. So uh, I think we'll we'll see an announcement of who's going to get the start uh, probably here today. Um, but th- this tells me we're going to see probably both of them uh, g- going to play uh, early on. I-, I wonder, too, Dave, if, if in addition to everything that I've always talked about, and I did a whole podcast on naming a starting quarterback and the process and how you do it, I wonder, in fact, I know that it's got to have an effect with you name a starter, what's going to happen to the other guy. Uh, Tommy Stevens named the quarterback at Mississippi State. Um, sidebar, Kayton Thompson is going in the transfer portal. Jacob Easton wins the starting job at Washington. Jacob Huter is transferring. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, the same day, it's, a, it's, you know, hey, naming a starter, and oh, by the way, the number two guy is now transferring. I wonder if some of that is, you know, trying to keep both guys engaged, which I don't think is ideal, but I, I think if it's close, you know, aren't you a little bit nervous about going with A, losing B, when you're not sure that if B is not as good as A and B's out the door? I mean, I think you got to read your situation pretty clearly, but I think that's having an effect around the country too. No, totally agree. And you get them into classes, maybe they're less likely to – uh, to jump into the transfer portal, but it happens across the nation. That's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. It is officially a full game week. We'll have previews of all the games coming up, and we're looking forward to that this week. It's time for ball. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker, your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.